This is the ERP Advisor. Today's episode, Internal Control Over Financial Reporting with ERP. Sean Wendell is our speaker for today. Sean is the founder and managing principal of ERP Advisors Group based in Denver, Colorado. Our guest joining us today is Espen Jansen. Good afternoon. <laughs> Principal consultant at ERP Advisors Group. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Sure, I appreciate you, you taking the time. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so, Sean, we'll jump right in if you're ready to go. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. So, oh, in the recent weeks, we've been covering a variety of different topics. Um, so, why are we talking today about ERP and internal control? What we're seeing is that there's actually some uh, uh, demand in the marketplace for understanding internal controls around ERP, which is great. So our, our digital marketing manager who's behind the camera there, yeah. Sean, <laughs> said, hey, we need to put some material together for this because people are asking about it. And we want to make sure that we can get experts, you know, between mm-hmm. Espen and myself. We have a ton of experience, especially Espen from a practical side. Mm-hmm. So that's one reason why we're talking about it. But, but the real reason when you look at um, ERP, right, and then we'll bridge specifically into internal controls, because it's sort of like, why is ERP advisors looking at internal controls? There's other firms, lots of people I worked with at a firm, I'm sure that will come up in this discussion, Anderson, went off and they just focus on internal controls work with like a ProTivity or some of these other firms out there. But if you look at the reason why ERP is in place, the ultimate reason, especially from a CFO, CPA kind of perspective, is to create financial statements. Take all these transactions from across the entire business, from inventory on the balance sheet to operating expenses, everything, even leases. Now, there's new lease accounting requirements we were just Mm. looking at for a client. All of that accounting shows up in the financial statements for a public company, then that goes to the public, Hmm. who then decides if they want to invest in that company or not. That's how it should work. Right. And how do you know that those financial statements are correct? So like if you're working with your son Mm -hmm. and you're teaching him about financial you know, responsibility, you got to decide, do you put your money in this company or that company? Well, look at the financial statements, but what if they're wrong? What if they're materially incorrect or there's there's uh, mistakes that go into creating those financial statements? That's what internal controls prevent. And remember, most of those mm-hmm. financial statements come out of ERPs or other financial systems that we advise right. clients on. So that's sort of the bridge into the discussion today. Uh, so Espen, can you provide some background on the Sarbanes-Oxley Act and how it led to what we are familiar with today in terms of internal controls? Do you remember the... Um telecom bust back in the year 2000, 2001? Yes. Well, that's uh, the aftermath, in the aftermath of uh, that telecom bust. We had some uh, big financial scandals, and uh, some of the companies were Enron. You had uh, uh, some items that were placed off balance sheet and they uh, played with uh, U.S. generally accepted accounting principles to achieve that. Then you had another um, uh, player in the market, Tyco, and uh, they had some, um, uh, let's call it uh, misappropriated assets, uh, one of those being a toga party. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, another one was WorldCom. And what they did was they essentially uh, reported um, less in expenses than what US Gap 
uh, told them to do. And so they capitalized more, meaning their balance sheet or the assets increased, but the margins looked better. So uh, that was the background for uh, for a, um, let's call it an upheaval and uh, some new legislation that uh, happened in 2002. And there was uh, two individuals in the Congress, uh, Michael Oxley, a representative uh, from Ohio, and then Paul Sar- Sarbanes, a senator from Maryland, that got together and um, and wrote some legislation. And uh, so if you co- combine the two names, Sarbanes and Oxley, then you get SOX, so SOX for short, the SOX Act of 2002. And so um, there's uh, three major sections in this uh, legislation. It's a very lengthy uh, legislation. Uh, the uh, section 302 talks about um, the, uh, the the fact that the financial statements need to be fairly or need to fairly present the financial condition of the company, and if the and the cor- and the corporate officers need to sign off on, on those financial statements. And if there is any, um, you know, let's say the financial statements are false, then the corporate officers can get jail time. Or They're held responsible yeah. for you know it, right? Yeah. you can go to jail. I did not yeah, know that. It's a big deal. Yeah. So they are verifying that those numbers are correct, yeah. right? Yeah. And then another section is 802 that has to do with destruction and falsification of records and needing to keep them for a lengthy period of time or a certain period of time, I right. should say. And, um, and, uh, and um, let's see what type of communication they need to store and so forth. And then you have section 404, which deals with internal control, which is today's topic. And so on the internal control side, you have managers or management and auditors that need to establish internal controls and reporting methods to ensure the adequacy of those controls. So um, that's a little bit of a background uh, on the, um, if, if you picture a certified public accountant, you have two tracks typically for for the CPA, uh, tax and then uh, audit of financial statements is typically the the two tracks that you. So the the audit of financial statements, the CPA on that uh, assignment would be the auditor, and um, and the auditor, the the company that hires the auditor, they're just they want to get an unqualified opinion, meaning they're the auditor is not pointing out any issues with the financial statements. So, um, and, and, and that they're a fair presentation of the company's financial condition. The, uh, so the, the auditor um, is going into, they, they need to have the responsibility to understand the, the uh, industry of the bus- business and the business and also the com- competitive environment of this business. Uh, and then, uh, so they have industry knowledge, business knowledge, and then with that, they can better assess the risk uh, associated with this particular company. And also, they they need to go in and and do some testing and analysis of um, internal controls to determine its effectiveness. And so, uh, one of those things would be limits on employee. Uh, authorizations, protection, and uh, preservation of assets. And then one key item is segregation of duties. So what does this boil down to? Well, financial statements uh, are to be prepared according to U.S. generally accepted accounting principles, U.S. GAAP, and um, and they need 
to be signed off by corporate officers. Yeah, it's a that big are, deal. That are held responsible, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. for sure. I mean, yes. I can tell you back in the day with a firm I used to work with that no longer exists that was no. a big four that had 70,000 employees at it, that uh, exactly what Espen's talking about. I worked under a partner whose picture showed up in the Wall Street Journal oh, no. when all of these congressional hearings were happening. Um, he happened to be a partner over... Uh, telco and energy in the Southwest region of the United States, which was WorldCom and Enron and Mm -hmm. Quest. And um, yeah, this stuff is real. Like these are, these are problems. These are responsibilities that our clients have every day. So I think it's great to get that background. So turning this to ERP, which we are well versed in, right? What role does ERP play in following these generally accepted accounting principles? Can you speak to that? Yeah. You know, when we talk about ERP, like we have a lot, Mm -hmm. we talk about it as a conceptual framework. And for all of our clients, we always say, here's your business application ecosystem. And you might have like a recent client that Espen and I are working in. They have all these point of sales that all lead into accounts receivable, lead into a general ledger. And then we have financial statements. Mm -hmm. So, when we say what role does ERP have, we have to kind of dig down below the surface to say it's specific modules, right? So if you have a general ledger, which is an aggregator of all the summary data across the organization or transactional data, mm-hmm. and then it summarizes it, and then you push a button, hopefully, very few companies, they push a button and they export it out to Excel, and then they usually do a little manipulation, but not bad, no bad mm-hmm. manipulation. We're not we're not into that business. Right, right, right. Um, but, but the financial statements are generated from the ERP or the financial application. So you've got to make sure then when you're looking and selecting ERPs that just, just I mean, Espen mm-hmm. said everything, right? The segregation of duties has to be built into the application. You know, when you're looking at ERPs that are going to be doing financial reporting, which mm-hmm. most are. Right. You've got to ask the question, like, have you had clients that have gone live or pardon me, have gone public? On your software. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I don't have that requirement because I'm not going to go public anytime soon. Yeah, you don't know. Right. And maybe you get bought by somebody who looks at your financial statements because they're going to uphold the same kinds of inventory controls requirements on your financials also, mm-hmm. even if you don't go public. So if you have an app that people have or companies have taken um, to public that they've run on, that's a good indicator. Also, you want to see that. So the financials app, the financial reporting apps, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that in another discussion Mm -hmm. about specific financial reporting apps. But the key thing is that if you are talking to an ERP vendor and you want to use it for financial reporting, then you better bring up, you have internal controls in Sarbanes-Oxley compliance, right? And I think most of the people listening to our call would think to ask that question, but right. just make sure to ask it for sure. Because if they say, Ugh, oh boy, like, whoa, because frankly, you know, we're, we have a, a client, another client we're in right now that's a smaller manufacturer lab company, and they're really focused on the operational side around their new ERP, not necessarily on the financial side. It's not as critical. So is it vital that the internal controls are built into that app? No, but if they want to get bought, if they want to go public, if they want some major liquidity event in the future where someone's going to give them a big check, right? they're going to expect those internal controls to be in place. So okay. there you go. Be prepared for it. That's right. right. Yeah, you got it. Right. You're like the sage of ERP over oh, there. Oh, well. My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so Espen, um, to give like a practical um 
example, can you provide a real world um, idea or example to help illustrate the proper implementation of internal controls? Okay. Well, first I want to mention that internal control is geared toward um, achievement of objectives in operations, reporting, and compliance. So that's... Uh, you know the uh, the uh, let's say the goal of of internal control, but according to uh, conventional wisdom, about five percent of revenue uh, in among companies in America are uh, lost to um, is lost due to fraud, and so that that it's a it's a could be a big number maybe it's uh, with more and more transactions going electronic maybe that is being reduced but it's it's a big uh, big number. There are basically three lines of defense. And um, so picture the, let's say, the process owner or the supervisor, let's say, as one defense. Another being other department um, owners or, or uh, um, departments, let's say, like a financial planning and analysis type uh, function where you're monitoring others' activity. And then the third one being an, an internal audit uh, type function. So those are three lines of defense. The, um, well... One of my favorite activities is uh, skiing. So about 20 years ago, I got into mogul skiing or bump skiing. And so that uh, keeps me mo motivated to, even today to get up early in the morning to work out and get ready for the ski season. And so what I did was I um, uh, one summer worked part-time at a ski area at the ticket office. And uh, it's one of the ski areas in Colorado. And um, so I worked at the ticket office in the summer and uh, picture uh, people coming in at the ticket office. They, well, the things that you can do there would be uh, going mountain biking. So you you um, uh, get a lift ticket to go up, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down. And then uh, you so you ride down on obstacle courses, and then you go up on the lift again. Or you can let's say bring your family, the uh, the small kids. Let's say you can do um, roller coasters and a bunch of different activities. So you walk into the ticket office and you buy your tickets, and you can pay with cash, check, or charge. And um, so the ticket office attendant would uh, collect you know, the appropriate payment, let's say it's cash, and you put that in the cash register and accumulate that over the the day. And then at the end of the day, you need to settle that cash register. And so, um, you know, I, the ticket office attendant, I would uh, gather up the information, total uh, things, and then I would uh, place uh, all these items, meaning the credit card receipts, the cash, and the... Uh, and a report into uh, an envelope, and then separately another colleague would run a report, and then that would be brought to the supervisor who would check the two against each other. And then, so you, ha you can see that there's three different individuals involved, and so you have segregation of duties. So one way to reduce the risk of the internal control, let's say, would be to no longer accept cash. So maybe... Uh, you know, maybe that works in the coronavirus uh, era, maybe in the aftermath of that. But, but it could be lost revenue for the the business, so that's a consideration to make. But uh, at the same time, it would lower the risk of assets being uh, stolen or disappear. And but uh, and so translating taking that um, another step, uh, having incoming invoices to the business 
go through an ERP system where all the approvals are electronic, even the vendor setup is uh, is um, within the system and with an auditable record, and you can uh, make sure that multiple individuals are involved in setting up the vendor record so that you don't pay invalid vendors and also um, have each transaction having multiple approvals with thresholds for amounts and also cost centers and projects and also maybe joe has a a bunch of uh, vendors that he's responsible for so you can set up a vendor too and and have an audit auditable record of uh, the transactions uh, so that that would uh, help uh, internal control as well doing it electronically other sets of eyes just help exactly. keep people honest right yeah yes. yeah i mean and it's you can tell i mean espen had you have great experience practical from yes. summers at the ski resorts but then also in the organizations that you've worked in for sure right it's great yeah so well thank you guys that's a lot of great information i know we just touched on this today and i'm sure yeah. it's a lot deeper than that but thanks for your time sure. thank and you. we appreciate you thanks for being our guest espen thank you Jim. ERP Advisors Group is one of the country's top independent enterprise software consulting firms, advising mid to large size businesses on selecting and implementing business applications, including ERP, CRM, HCM, business intelligence, and other enterprise applications, which equate to millions of dollars in software deals each year across many industries. This has been the ERP Advisor.